0: money 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 more money more problems this is where we talk about everything you need and want to know about finances goals relationships and how they all tie together you are now listening to the two cents money podcast enjoy all right all right welcome back to the two cents money podcast where we give our two cents on your two cents so, I don't know about you guys, but I literally enjoy listening or watching uh any type of redemption story. Um, I think what I'd personally get out of it is how a character or how an individual or a group of people just kind of make a comeback to whatever turmoil or challenges are thrown at them essentially, you know, throughout their the course of their life. And to see kind of the storyline behind it, how they get through it, push through the hard times, and then somehow just come out of the smoke and literally just, just become a success story, become something that, you know, we enjoy calling it a redemption story. And today I have a very, very cool and inspiring guest who... Not only is also, you know, a financial coach like myself and who's very, very passionate about helping others, but he is the literal definition of a redemption story. You know, he is here today and I'm not going to steal the shine from him, um, but I think his story is really going to help shed light on a lot of the positive, just the positivity that we need to push on people. When it comes to supporting others who are going through things that we may not have gone through ourselves or we may be going through something that, you know, may not look the same, feel the same, sound the same. But at the end of the day, it's a struggle. Like we all have our challenges, we all have our struggles, but it's how we overcome them that truly make the story. And today I have Brett Gaff, who he has an amazing story Um, and I think a lot of you are really going to enjoy hearing his story. And, uh, you know what? I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna continue because I I would literally be just robbing the spotlight from there on out. But, um, so everybody just settle in, grab your cup of coffee, your iced coffee, your soda, whatever it is that's going to help you get in the mood to listen. Go ahead, Brett. You know, let everybody kind of know what a little bit about yourself and, you know, the story about you and your family.
1: Yeah, so like Stephanie mentioned, my name is Brett Gaff, and I'm married with uh, three kids. And the part of the story that we're kind of focusing on today actually started um, just over five years ago. So we were originally from northern Indiana, and we bought a rental property in East Tennessee and decided to move away from our family. And uh, and the property that we bought, we actually... um, we remodeled the entire thing. Cause a lot of times with rental properties, they, they get beat up and, and wore out. And, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. So we, we took about $50,000 actually and, uh, remodeled the house made it our own. Um, we got done the end of October, beginning in November. And then, um, at the end of November, the Gatlinburg wildfires hit. And it's a crazy story. Obviously, like we worked through everything to, um, create this house of our own, and then we actually ended up losing losing our house in the wildfires.
0: Oh man! So I don't think I mentioned this, but doesn't this year actually mark the five year anniversary of those fires? Yeah.
1: So it's actually it's been yeah next week uh, yeah next week will be five years, and it's really crazy because some days it seems like it was yesterday, and other days it seems like it was forever ago. Um, so yeah, it's really, really a weird situation.
0: Oh, wow. So it's around this time, five years ago, you move into a rental property. You, you guys, you know, like, you know what, we got to fix some things up, put $50,000 into it. Now, was that $50,000 on like, you know, lines of credit, home equities, or was that strictly like money that you guys just worked hard to save up? Yeah,
1: so we actually, um. When we were in indiana we actually had a, a separate piece of land that we used for hunting and we actually sold that land and used the money for the profit that we made off of that to essentially remodel the house so
0: so you literally put in yep a, a lot of what was essentially you know what you guys built up okay so take us from there so you guys remodel the house you're getting settled in yep what what's going on right before those fires so on the
1: 28th which is when the fires started um like throughout the day there was this red smoke all over town and it was just kind of an eerie feeling it almost looked like kind of like a bomb had gone off in the area um but at that point like we didn't we didn't have any fear obviously of like fires being that close to us they were further away but the issue Mm -hmm. was high winds so like that night they were calling for high winds which it was like in the 80 to 90 mile an hour range so Mm -hmm. we were here and it was about it was about 8 30 we were at the house and the kids were getting ready to go to bed and uh, I heard a loud bang and I went outside to kind of see what it was and at the time we had like a two story deck. So I went out on the bottom deck, obviously. So at least I had something over my head. So it was protected at the highway. Yeah. Um, but when we walked out, there was a, a tree limb that had fallen on our van. And. Oh, wow. Um, luckily it happened because by going out there, we realized that the fire was actually like right behind one of our neighbor's houses, which is about a quarter mile away. Um, but you could see the embers like flying through the air and hitting the hill, and we had experienced like an extreme drought right before this, so like it hadn't rained in forever. So I knew it wouldn't take much for the hill to catch fire. So um, we decided we got to get get an outfit apiece and we got to get out of here. So that's what we did. We told the kids it's probably the fastest they've ever gotten gotten around to get out the door. <laughs> we grabbed the outfit a piece, the two cats, and then just a a a safe thing that had like our birth certificates and social security cards and all that stuff in it. And that was it.
0: So what time of day was this that, you know, you ended up deciding to leave? Because I'm sure it wasn't immediate. You probably tried to stick it out a little bit, um, you know, just trying to see like, okay, is it... Is it that extreme that we need to leave right now? Will the firefighters at least help, you know, salvage it or at least put a pause to it or slow it down? What was going through your mind at that time? And then, like, I'm just curious, like, for like the ages of your children and kind of like what was kind of going on once you made that decision with your wife, like, yeah, we got to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. we really didn't think about it the entire day. Like we thought we were safe. Like we didn't think it was in the area. And I think a lot of that comes from like, we have a road that's below our house and a road that's above our house on the mountain. So like security wise, like we're only a couple miles from the fire department. So you think, Oh yeah, they'll mm-hmm. be here if there's a fire. But, um, but with the high winds and everything, the fire spread so quickly that the fire departments couldn't even keep up with it. So like, once we started hearing reports that fire was spreading like to different areas, then we kind of knew we needed to get out of here. But even when we left, we still kind of left thinking that our house would be fine. Like in in your mind, I think mm. you try to stay yeah. so confident of like, oh yeah, nothing's gonna happen to our house; it'll be fine. And uh, as the night progressed, obviously, like that feeling started changing when we we started hearing. Different things were burnt down and, you know, calling in different fire departments, obviously, like, it started becoming a way bigger deal than than what it started, so.
0: Oh, wow. So how old were your children? So
1: my daughter was 12, and then our boys were 10 and 8 at the time, so
0: 12, 10 and 8. Wow. Oh, man, I have an 8-year-old, and I can't even imagine telling him like grab an outfit and we got to go, you know, like my heart will literally sink to like my core. Just, I, I don't even know how, how were you and your wife? Like once you guys decided to leave, you grabbed your stuff. Like you mentioned, luckily you, you were able to gather, you know, your, your really important, um, you know, like documents or security cards, birth certificates, like, truly being completely transparent but like how were you feeling once you left the house like what was going through your mind
1: i think uh personally i kind of tried to shield stuff obviously from from my wife and the kids and just like try to essentially be strong for them and just like essentially have the feeling that we're gonna be okay as we go through it but on the flip side of it i was thinking as it continued to progress i was thinking man i don't know if we're going to be okay <laughs> like i don't know if the house is going to be here and uh, and same thing like so after we left we we all left together in one vehicle and just so we could stay together we went down to the bottom of our hill and and we planned to go to the left and um exit through what they call as a spur which is just a little little wooded area between Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge but um when we got down to the bottom all the traffic was going the opposite direction so we were like well this is obviously for a reason so we're going to go the other way so we went with traffic and we went to the community center um, and that was the shelter to begin with but the fire department actually was um, a threat of catching on fire so they moved their headquarters to the community center and moved us to rocky top which is a sports complex area which ended up being a shelter for for a while for a lot of people. So um so yeah, we stayed there the first night and it was it was pretty stressful because you're hearing all kinds of rumors and people that you know had fam- family and friends that were police officers and firefighters that were giving them updates and and you didn't know what to believe, what was real. Um we hear stories of all of Gatlinburg's burnt down and stuff like that. And Oh, gosh. We didn't really know. Um, And that was the tough part is just the uncertainty of it the first night. And obviously, like, we didn't know if our house was still standing or not. So
0: while you while everybody was at this uh, temporary shelter, per se, how far did you say that was from your house?
1: The shelter is actually only probably Mm. five miles from our house. It's not very far at all.
0: So essentially, like, if you look outside, you could probably see like the smoke and oh yeah so and everything
1: while we were there like throughout the night i kept going out and checking on the cats because i actually kept them in the van um so as i'd go out and check i'd look and see where the the flames were and you could see like different fires burning uh across the mountains as we were there and uh, so that's where i kind of the more i saw i thought man this isn't good this isn't good like you start having this sinking feeling of the reality of everything
0: oh gosh that is oh man yeah that's gut-wrenching just not knowing like you can see it you can see the flames but you have no idea kind of like what lies within so i guess you guys spent your first night there when's the next time that you were able to actually go to see like what was the damage what's still standing
1: yeah so we tried to go to come back in and look at the house, or at least see if it was there, a couple of days later, and they had originally opened up the town to the, to homeowners, but then like when we showed up to to go, we had to walk in, and we started to walk in, and there was a police officer, and he's like, "I'm sorry, you can't go any further than my car." He's like, um, "There's live lines down on the ground still, so they've shut everything back down." So. Um, we thought we were going to get in and be able to see it, but we weren't able to because of that situation. So um, we reached out, like I had mentioned before, like our our house was originally with a rental company. Um, So we reached out to them and they actually had some people on the ground in Gatlinburg that they were able to kind of check properties and see what was going on. And Mm. they, so we reached out to them and they actually were able to drive by our property and they call us and said no your house burned down well then it kind of switches to well are you sure you're looking at the right property and like so you still have yeah you still want to believe that it's there obviously when you haven't seen it yourself but uh mm-hmm. but obviously you want to believe that they're yeah, wrong you want to think like, they're like oh, they're looking yeah. at the wrong property or they thought it was something else because obviously like everything was burnt up in the area so it's hard to identify oh my gosh long, so. So,
0: so when were you able to personally go see it? So
1: then the next day we were able to come in and, and look at everything. And and w- when you usually think of somebody's house burning down in a fire, like you think of the fire department coming and putting it out and, you know, it may burn like half your house or three quarters of your house. or there might be areas that the fire didn't get to. Well, with this situation, like it was so big that they couldn't get to the properties. So they just had to let everything burn essentially because they were trying to save the downtown um, area. so so when we came back like wow we had, like three inches of ashes and that was pretty much all that remained and and my SUV was in the driveway and the wheels had had melted off onto the pavement It was so hot so
0: I can't even like imagine that in my mind like pulling up and seeing like my tires so burnt and melted like yeah that's a scary thought that makes me like, oh, gosh, I, I cringe thinking about well, and that. it was
1: not even just like the rubber tires, but like the metal wheels that melted like it was a pool of metal, like on the driveway.
0: Wow. So essentially, you said it was about, well, actually, how many stories is your house? It was, was two stories. Oh, one yeah, story. Two stories. Two yeah. stories. Oh, yeah, because you mentioned the two decks. Yeah. Um, so. That's really wild to imagine, like in my mind, a two story home and you now pull back into the, you know, to the driveway or pull up on the road and you go from two story house to three inches of just burnt home. Like what, what was your initial feeling? Like, I know you said that the rental company was able to tell you and it kind of gave you a heads up as to what you're walking into, but hearing about it and seeing it must have been like two completely different things because one could be wrong but the other one is like okay you trust yourself you trust your eyes like you know that's you pull up there and you're like oh no this is real like did it finally kind of like hit you like oh no this is our house yeah
1: it was it was really real obviously when we pulled up and and uh, the whole area like around our house there there's actually a rental cabin that's right next to our like just a little ways off of our deck, and it actually didn't burn down. And then there's a house down below us that um, they actually stayed there all night, getting buckets of water out of their out of their tub, trying to save their house. And but wow, like seeing the area, like everything became real, obviously, really quickly. And um, there's probably ten to twelve properties that you can see from our property that were destroyed. Um, that were burnt up as well, so quite a few in our neighborhood, um, and yeah, it, it it became very real once we saw, obviously, like saw it for our for ourselves. So,
0: how did you relay the message to your kids?
1: They were actually with us the first time when they came when we came back in, so they saw it right oh, when we wow. saw it as well, yeah. and, uh, and I mean. Obviously, like we all had the same realization that we had lost everything and, and, uh, but at the same time, like other people had lost family members. And I think that's the thing that we kind of hung to is like, we lost stuff, like stuff can be replaced and, uh, we were just glad obviously that we were all together and all safe. And, you know, there's a lot of stories of families that got separated um, trying to connect with each mm-hmm. other. Like, people were posting me- messages, trying to find like relatives and stuff like that that had been separated. And so there's a lot of obviously like other stuff going on with the whole whole thing with the fire just because of how big it actually was.
0: Oh my gosh, that's that is heartbreaking. All right. So you guys saw the damage that was done. What what were the next few days and weeks like? as far as you know like did you have to contact different places uh how did you find some stability for you and your family yeah Um, kind of walk us through that So,
1: like after the fire we decided right away that we were going to build back and a lot of people were going back and forth if they were going to rebuild because a lot of them were second homes or they might have been rental properties or or whatever so um so instantly like since we had had our house remodeled like i had a, a builder essentially like that had already worked on our house he knew our house knew the layout so like one of the first things i had did was reach out to him and ask him if he'd be interested in rebuilding it and uh yeah. and so he jumped right on it and started working on the on the blueprints and get everything like laid out on his end of it and then we started with the cleanup and and after the fires, there was a lot of groups that came to the area to help with the cleanup. Um, I know there was like a group from Purdue that came and helped us, and uh, you know we had to clean up a bunch of trees. We we ended up having to take down close to 30 trees um, that were burned up. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of trees. Yeah, and they were big trees, like 80 to 100 foot trees, like huge trees. But uh, we had to take all those down before we rebuilt, obviously for the security of it. So.
0: Oh my gosh! so in I guess this is a uh weird not a weird question, but i i my main focus here today is to really highlight how your family redeemed themselves from this, how you guys essentially came back from this situation, but also you know things that you can share with others that can help them at least slightly prepare for the unexpected because we can't always completely prepare, right? You can try and do everything that you remotely can, but something can always happen. And that's just the reality of life. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. So I guess what I'm trying to say is how long did it take essentially for you guys to get back into your house once it was rebuilt what did your life look like for that period of time and you know like kind of share with everybody I guess because I think this is this is definitely an important part of your story yeah
1: so uh, I mean like I mentioned before we had just moved to the area so we didn't have a lot of connections besides like through the kids school so um, the school was huge and like stepping up to help us, um, they obviously like they helped right away with getting like clothes and different things and food and um, just connecting us with people. So like right away, they they knew that we were looking for a place to stay. And they I think there was five families from the school that lost their houses. Um, but they reached out to us and they said, hey, there's a Christian camp nearby. They have a place for you to stay here. You can reach out to them and they'll get you all lined up. So I gave them a call and they're like, no, we don't have a place for you. And I was like, Oh no. (laughs) I was like, okay, well then I'm thinking, well, maybe I called the wrong place or maybe they gave me the wrong number, you know? So I called the school back and they're like, no, we just, we just talked to them. They have a place for you. And I called back again. What the heck? (laughs) I called back again and they're like, Oh, we thought you were somebody else. Yes, we do have a place for you. So like luckily it was like fairly close to the school and, um, it was at Floyd Mountain Village, and uh, now we, we obviously have, like, friends from there, um, Chad and Jennifer, Ida Miller, who ran the camp at the time. Like, we had no connection with them besides their son was in the same grade as uh, our youngest son, um, but they found a place for us to stay for a year and didn't charge us the entire year, which is crazy with everything we had going. Like, it was such a huge blessing to To not have that. Wow. The housing expense and like have a place that we could essentially call home for the short term and have kind of a secure area that um, we could be, obviously, as we built back. With the build back, like we were one of the first to uh, to get our permit and we wanted to get it built back as quickly as possible, obviously, with with younger kids, like we wanted to get them a place that was. Consistent, obviously going to school and everything so. um, So we pushed to get back as quickly as we could and we were like one of the first 30 to get our permit our building permit to get going on everything. Uh, With the process, we were able to actually get our foundation approved to rebuild on the same foundation so um, that helped speed up the process and obviously like reduce some of our our cost and building back as well. So that was a huge blessing too. But like through all this, like we developed a lot of friendships with people that we didn't have. But those have really become like forever friendships that like those people stepped up and we'll never forget that. And obviously, like it's something you always want to pay back. But a lot of times you'll never have an opportunity to pay them directly. So it's almost like a pay it forward opportunity. So
0: I know when we talked briefly Um, to kind of discuss you coming on my show. You had mentioned that you don't know how you guys could have gone through that year without the help of some of these, I think it was like organizations or people um, just across the country, like sending stuff to that camp. Um, Can you kind of describe that a little bit? Because I feel like that's a really feel-good moment of your story because it just shows how a community of people, regardless of how far you live away from you know, uh, whatever happened, but it's, it all comes down to coming together for the greater good of helping each other. So like, can you just briefly just talk about that?
1: Yeah. So it was really crazy um, while we were there at the camp, like people would send cards and gift cards and all kinds of stuff from all over the country. And they actually received enough stuff to set up like a, almost like a convenience store that we could go get the necessities whenever we needed them so essentially we went a year without without having to go get like toothpaste and soap and shampoo and all that stuff um which is such a huge relief to to minimize our expenses while going through this because we had already lost fifty thousand dollars that we had um that we had put into the house to remodel it and then yeah we had an insurance issue because we still had a landlord policy on the property. So, so it didn't cover oh, no. of our personal property. So we actually ended up having to take like a disaster loan out to just get furniture and stuff like that for the house, which is, which is kind of where our story began with the Dave Ramsey side of it is like it put us in the hole. And then obviously like we wanted to get it, that debt paid off as quickly as we possibly could.
0: Okay. So you brought up an interesting point here and I think this is a good moment to kind of, uh, just open it up with how to really prepare or at least try to prepare for unexpected. So I heard you talk about the insurance. For those of you out there listening, there's a very big difference between renter's insurance and homeowners insurance. Now like I know my one of my previous landlords. He actually put in writing that he wanted to ensure that before we we were like a like official uh, renters and that we moved into the property, he wanted to make sure that we had a renter's policy. Not every landlord does that. And for those that don't know what renter's insurance does, just for the a quick general overview, if you are renting right now and don't have a renter's insurance policy, you may want to start shopping around, like right now or as soon as you possibly can. Uh, it's really not that much money. I know, depending on the coverage and the policies, it could be ten bucks a month, thirty bucks a month, somewhere in that ballpark. But it all depends again on your coverages. But the most important part about renter's insurance is just how Brett said you want to make sure that your personal belongings are covered. If you're renting and something happens to that house or that apartment building. The landlord may have a homeowner's policy that covers them so they can rebuild the property. But everything inside that property is yours, which is not covered under their policy. Meaning, if you don't have a renter's policy and your apartment goes up in flames, it gets flooded, something happened, natural disaster, anything, uh, there's a high potential that you could lose everything that you have. So it's very crucial to kind of take a look at your coverages, take a look to make sure that you have proper insurance, because like Brett said, they were in the middle of uh, transitioning to the proper policy. But for those of you out there who may not even have a policy, this is extremely important to look into. So I guess, Brett, like what are your thoughts as far as kind of helping people, um, especially like when you coach your clients and stuff, too? Kind of like how do you switch gears into helping people prepare for just the unexpected stuff? Like even if it's just the simple like the insurance and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like a lot of times people don't want to take the time to actually like list out the stuff that they have or like valuables that they have. But it becomes so important to have that information when you have a fire and it's it's really hard to replicate it um you try to think in your mind okay what was in this room what was in this room as you like kind of picture in your head all the way through your house and there's still for a year we had items that we were like oh yeah I'll go get this and it's like oh wait that was before the fire we don't have that anymore and it's stuff that we didn't put on the list that it's like you don't really like you forget you have it until you need um type scenario so like definitely if you can take pictures of the different rooms in your house and keep it somewhere obviously like apart from your house, like in a safe somewhere or something like that. That's a huge benefit as well. And then um, I had mentioned we grabbed like our birth certificates and social security cards. Like obviously that was a huge, huge deal having that. So definitely keep that somewhere you can grab it if you are going out the door like in a situation like this or same thing, like keep it in a safe somewhere um, separately. So you have that stuff available because as we started to build back, that stuff became more and more important, Um, you know, when you're trying to get loans and different things like they need all that information. So and when that's all you have to identify yourself, like it becomes even that more important, that much more important. So
0: now did you guys have a safe like um, one of those small Uh, I want to say maybe it's like uh, eight by 10. Like, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, like the smaller ones that have the little handle that you can essentially have under your bed or in a closet somewhere and just pick up and go. Did you guys have that? Like something like that? So
1: that's what we had. Yep. And the other thing, too, that was big that we had in there was the actual insurance policy. So obviously, like to be able to have the numbers and information of who you need to call and what you need to do, like try to keep that information as well. In a safe place that you can get to it quickly because like with the severity of the situation we were dealing with there were so many properties that it became so important that you are on the front end like connecting with the insurance companies just because like obviously like you want them out here and like helping you essentially build back as quickly as possible so
0: wow you brought up some great points because i think when it comes to like documents and stuff I feel like people just say, and I've heard people say this before, and this is why I'm saying it, you know, oh, that's just, that that could easily be replaced. Like, it's just a social security card. Or that's just a birth certificate. Or, you know, I can just, you know, call somebody up and get this information or that. But in the moment, when you're going through something tragic, the last thing you want to do is make more work for yourself. Am I right? Or, you know, like, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But, I, I mean, what's your opinion on well, that? Well,
1: definitely, like, after you go through something like this, like, you have a fog obviously in your mind and you're not thinking clearly anyway, like as you, as you first go through it. So definitely like having, having that information available is so huge and like adding extra steps to the process just slows it down and just further frustrates you. So yeah, like it was so nice to have that information. We were very fortunate that we took it with us.
0: And it's not easily replaceable. No, I think that's a very misconstrued statement. It is not easy to get another social security card. It's not as easy to get a birth certificate. I believe you have to pay for a birth certificate. You may have to pay for a social security card if it's over like your second or third copy. But it's not easy at all. It's not like you can show up to an office and be like, bam, I I need it. And especially in this day and age now after the pandemic and every like all these offices are just not as accessible as they once were even though a lot of us don't think they were really that accessible (laughs) to begin with. (laughs) Um, uh, Don't come after me, IRS, uh, social security administration. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But that's just the truth. Right. So when I think of preparing for the unexpected, I really try and think of like, what's the best possible way that you can ensure that you're at least somewhat of a, you know, a, a halfway there or whatever, just to make it easier for yourself. So, I think just a quick recap on anybody who is now thinking like, oh, you know what? I need to I need to sit down this weekend or over the weekend with my significant other, or, you know, with myself and just review Oh, uh, where's all my documents. Like I thought they were in the kitchen. I thought they're in the China cabinet. Some of them are here. Take an hour. Save, save the Netflix and the hanging out for the for the end of the day this is important. This is, this is about your life. This is about the life of those you live with. Um, make sure. And if you don't have a little safe, like the one that me and Brett were just talking about, they're literally, I think maybe what, like 30, 40 bucks at like a Walmart or target. Um, and those are, they're small enough that you can just stuff some documents in there and literally just shove it under your bed or a closet. So you, it's easily accessible in the event of a fire, a flood, natural disaster, something that you have to like literally pick up and go. Everything you know is just there. All you gotta grab is your purse, your wallet, whatever belongings you need, and essentially like that's your lifeline. So just you know paying attention to that, and also making sure you have insurance. If you're a renter, please. Get on the phone with a company, make sure you have renter's insurance. If you, even a homeowner, make sure that you have proper coverages, make sure that you're updating them if you made some pretty hefty upgrades to your home. Because what people don't remember to do is just say you just uh, upgraded your kitchen and you spent $30,000 on your kitchen. If you don't let your insurance company know that you did that, they still have the value of or the cost, I should say, the estimated cost of rebuilding your home at what it was prior to you making that upgrade to your home. So if you want your house to essentially look like it was before it was destroyed or whatever the case may be, you need to be in communication with them. If you bought all new TVs um, for Black Friday for the every room in your household, um, you know, because, hey, that's Black Friday is known for TVs, then you want to make sure that that's an itemized th- list because you want that stuff to be replaced. And same thing for renters. If you have a policy, make sure it has accurate information. So, Brett, now this marks the five-year anniversary, but I think there's something significant and I'd really love for you to share this, but also how before we get into why this five year anniversary is so special and kind of how you and your wife are giving back, just briefly walk us through how I guess what your redemption looked like from the fires up until now. And what kind of financial space or however you want to describe it, what like what type of position are you guys in today?
1: Yeah, so like, since we were one of the first ones to build back our house, uh, we used kind of our story as an opportunity to kind of give hope to the area because we built back and and we were one of the first ones. And, you know, we're looking at all of these foundations where nobody had built back. So it's like a little bit, uh, a little bit frustrating on our side of it because we're looking at that. But mm-hmm. on the flip side of it, like when people go down our road, you know, they look and they're like, Oh, that house built back, you know, so like it gives them a little bit of hope and like motivation, obviously, to continue the process. Kind of where it put us like financially, like I mentioned, you know, it put us in a hole because we had to get uh, the disaster loan essentially to get the personal property stuff. Um, So we've been fighting to get that paid off and back. Um, So we paid off like over thirty five thousand dollars. And we actually have been able to save almost our fully funded emergency fund at six months. So we're really close to having that completely done. Um, and then also, like after the house was finished, the housing market went crazy. So the value of our house, like it cost us $185,000 to build and it appraised like at four twenty-five. So we were able. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So we were able to get some of the equity out to essentially purchase another property so we had we went ahead and got a rental property in the area which has mountain views and everything and it's it's awesome and my wife keeps saying let's move there and and make this a rental (laughs) so that's the constant (laughs) battle that we have but uh, we've been able to do some some awesome things with the cabin in like we use it a lot of times for like fundraisers for the kids and different types of things like that so it's been really cool to use that it's been such a blessing to have it and then obviously like we love for like for our guests and everything to really enjoy it and and people talk about how they it's so nice because it's secluded and it's quiet and it's really cool
0: yeah so i know when maybe maybe this was like a few months ago um, because we both went through the Dave Ramsey um, financial training course and everything. But I think you mentioned, too, that you guys are debt free now or you're like prim- pretty much debt free.
1: Yeah. So we paid off all of our debt with uh, except for the mortgages like we have both the mortgages still. Um, but, yeah, we were able to pay off all of our debt. And at the same time, like when we were on our journey, like that's really where my journey with Dave Ramsey started of like, trying to help others and and pay it forward so like i started leading fpu classes i've led like four or five of those and then also like the individual coaching and helping people with their individual situations um i feel like i've really learned a lot going through this and like Mm -hmm. it's taught me obviously like accountability of ourselves like forcing ourselves to stick to a budget because we had minimum income coming in for a while and obviously like we had the expenses going out of replacing everything we had and building the house and all that stuff so we really had to lock everything down and I think that's really helped me in leading others because like when you've been through it it's easier to help direct people on the process and what works and what didn't work for us
0: absolutely okay so now to the real exciting part so because this marks the five-year anniversary tell everybody what you and your wife have decided to do to essentially give back inspire hope everything um Mm -hmm. what is this contest that you guys are doing
1: yeah so we've really been thinking about it and we realized that everybody has a story and their story may be different than ours i mean obviously everybody's story is different and We lost our house in the fires. There's people who have lost loved ones, who have lost children, who have battled cancer. Like, everybody's got a different type of story. But, like, we're trying to get people to share their story so other people can relate to it and essentially gain like hope and inspiration and motivation from people's stories who have been through these situations. So, like, a lot of people might be on the might be at the worst point in their life and like we hope that somebody sharing their story can kind of inspire them and show them that it is possible to get through whatever situation they're facing so what we're doing is we actually came up with a facebook group it's called comeback warriors and through the group we're actually trying to have people share their stories and um, what we're going to do is actually give away a week vacation to the cabin To the story that most inspires and and motivates us.
0: That's cool. So essentially everybody has to request to be added to the Comeback Warriors Facebook group. So for anybody listening, go ahead, type in Comeback Warriors when you're on your search bar on Facebook. Um go ahead and click to be added or to request to be added to the group. And then essentially you're gonna want to go ahead, share your story. I think it's five hundred characters, right? Maximum.
1: So, or they can do a video or video.
0: Okay. Um, so you can either do some sort of video of yourself telling your story, write A 500 character or less post about your story. The group is private, right? So it helps kind of keep it more confidential, I guess you can say. Um, and then what's the time frame? When are you guys looking
1: to choose a winner? So we're we're going to narrow it down to three finalists, um, by December 17th. And then we're going to announce the winner on christmas eve and with that too um one other thing to add you can actually nominate a a different family so like if you if you have friends that have had a tough year and they're battling back and they have a cool story um that they've inspired you you can share their story as well um and they can just email that over to me but all the information is is in the comeback lawyers facebook group but definitely like that's an option as well so
0: that's awesome Listen, Brett, first off, I want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I know it's not easy to share your story, especially because it involves your family. It involves you. And you open up, I guess, a a vulnerable side of you or piece of you just to openly share your story. So like, first off, I have to commend you because it's not easy having to talk through and essentially relive it temporarily. But uh, it's also very inspiring um, just to kind of see what you and your family went through and how you came out of it to where it's five years now. You're doing not only are you debt free, you know, you said you have your emergency savings fund, um, you know, pretty much fully funded. And then on top of that, you guys are giving back by doing a contest like th- I think that's so absolutely awesome and cool. And I, like I said, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say you guys are a true inspiration. Um, never stop doing what you're doing. I can tell that you guys, you know, you're faith-based. You're looking to give back. You're passionate about helping others because people, so many people chimed in to help help you guys. And I love how it goes full circle. And like you said, it's like that pay it forward mentality and I think that's very important, especially in a world today, in 2021, where everywhere in the world, we've experienced heartbreak and turmoil and such negativity over the past two years. It's it's really refreshing to start hearing the positive side of those negative uh, challenges that we go through. So not everybody may have lost a home in the fire, but everybody has their story And you're right. Everybody has their comeback story. And the thing that I think is important to quickly point out is you may not be at the same point as Brett and his family, right? You may have just realized that you are literally working your comeback story right now. You may have realized like, oh, whoa, like I need to, um, you know, I I need to get out of this financial situation I'm in And I need to start seeing what in the world I can do to turn this around because I'm not going to give up. Or you can literally be smack dab in the middle of your comeback. And now, you know, hearing something like this just helps kind of give you more of a push to say, hey, I got this. It's possible to see the finish line. Or you can be in, you know, Brett and his wife's uh, situation where you now can talk about it because you've been there. And you are literally a redemption story. So again, Brett, thank you so much for coming on to the Two Cents podcast. Um, For those of you listening, always stay inspired. Never give up. Never give up. We all have hopes and dreams and everything is possible with hard work and dedication. And Brett, you want to say any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, just a final thought is like right now, like in the world, it's trying to isolate people. So like by sharing your story, it gives an opportunity for others that are facing the same type of story to be able to connect with somebody. And through that connection, obviously, like you develop relationships and you can help each other on the accountability side, on the hope side and being able to motivate and inspire each other.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely so seriously thank you again um hey i'd love to have you you. come back again on another episode we'll talk about some other financial topics since we're both so passionate about it but i hope everybody enjoyed this episode as you guys know uh social media two cents money that's t-w-o-s-e-n-s-e money that's on facebook and instagram um you can always reach out if there's a specific topic that you feel like you want us to cover you let me know, and we'll make sure we figure it out. Um, even if it's just a a 10 minute segment within an episode, we'll make it work. I also always accept uh, if you want to send me a recording, you wanna you wanna call me. We could have you on the show. I always love having you know just guests talk about their story, and that's important because it goes full circle, and you never know who you're going to initially just just touch in ways that you can even imagine so happy holidays to everybody stay safe out there don't be spending too much money on black friday first of all all right but that's a whole nother spiel i have to say it you know tune into our next episode in the next two weeks and again don't forget about comeback warriors facebook group Uh, just go ahead share your story and you don't know you may just win that one week's day at brett's cabin all right guys thanks stay safe happy holidays